0: Hey everybody, welcome to the first edition of the DKH2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, the pit beat writer for DKPittsburghSports.com, and we are going to be doing this for the rest of the season, over the weekends, giving you an update on your pit Panthers. Now, I understand we're starting this on a tough one, but... I'm going to help you get through it, Pitt fans. It was a rough one. Pitt drops its first loss of the season, 30-29 to to NC State in tough fashion. We're going to make sense of the, of the loss in this game, uh, going over some of the highs, the lows, because it was just one of those typical weird Pitt losses, wasn't it? This was supposed to be the year that Pitt figured everything out. That they at least their defense was elite enough to carry them in the biggest moments when where Atman was absolutely needed, so that their offense, which admittedly wasn't going to be strong this year, but that their offense wouldn't have to put the team on its back to win a lot of games. But here we are, and the offense actually showed up, or rather, Kenny Pickett actually showed up, and the defense fell apart late. Now I wrote a whole game story on this that you can read on dkpittsburghsports.com. So do that at your leisure. Um, it's a full. It's up there with my full film analysis. Quotes talking to. We talked to Narduzzi. We talked to Kenny Pickett. We talked to Patrick Jones. We talked to Jimmy Morrissey. Uh, we got all the stuff for you there. But this is to help you out, Pitt fans, because it's a tough one. You, we, we a lot of people thought that Pitt was going to have a victory Sunday here and especially on a Sunday where Steelers fans don't get to watch their Steelers play because the Titans have several players that are still testing positive so it's a rough one and let's get into this loss first and foremost NC State was supposed to be another team that Pitt handled Pitt was a multi-score favorite in this game according to the Gamblers a lot of people were thinking, and, and, and even myself, I'm sitting there like, I'm never, if I'm ever, I'm not a sports gambling guy, but I'm never taking pit in football by multiple scores in anything, unless it's Austin Pete. And sometimes even if it is Austin Pete, because we've seen those years with Youngstown State. But this year was looking different. That first game against Youngstown State, they put up six straight touchdowns shut out 55 nothing biggest win in Narduzzi's career at Pitt biggest win they've had you know and they faced plenty of those uh of the FCS schools that they should always stomp on and they've struggled with them I think that now they're now 18 one against them but still that was a good sign Syracuse yes the offense struggled but the defense was magnificent they gave up one big play and that was it Louisville was 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 supposed to be the first real test of the season their first ranked opponent that they beat since they beat Central Florida the year before. And the first time that the program was ranked and beat another ranked team since 2003. So many signs to say, hey, maybe this is the year that they turn the corner. And this loss puts a huge dent in the argument of any Pitt fan who wants to say that right now. And I'm right with you. I'm a Pitt alumnus. I went to Pitt Law, proud graduate. But this... This is that's this is a sign that says, hey, you know what? This program still this well, this team, I, I you know, this program, forget all that. This team has to focus on who they are right now. But they've got to regroup and fast. The game starts off with a huge play and thinks and then and pit fans had had the nerve to think maybe, just maybe, this could be a comfortable win. Second play of the game, Kenny Pickett hits Jordan Addison for a 75-yard bomb. It was a busted coverage that Pickett saw from the jump. He threw it up. Addison caught it, walked into the end zone. Everything was looking good. And then NC State answered right back. They marched right down the field, and that was a that was a, a humbling moment because then it was like, oh, gosh, this team actually moved, not just moved the ball, but scored. And then they would score the next two times with a 39-yard field goal, and then a 35-yard bomb to Ameka Amezi, who bullied Pitts Pitts uh, Pitts uh, secondary for most of the game. He finished he finished the game strong. He had two touch two, uh, two receiving touchdowns, uh, including the game the game winning touchdown. Uh, but he finished in total with seven catches for 101 yards. Um, and it was it was a rough one. Uh, NC State's quarterback Devin Leary, a redshirt sophomore, came out. He threw four touchdown passes. He was 28 of 44 for 336 yards, four touchdown passes, no interceptions. Those four touchdown passes double what NC State had allowed coming into this game, and also doubled. Well, now it's up to six for Pitt, but that was twice. That was twice as much as what Pitt had put allowed the entire season. They let went to Malik Cunningham. With Louisville last week and won on a bomb to a- Taj Harris against Syracuse, and in this game it was rough, and it's crazy because you looked at this game and you you're thinking okay if the defense does what it's supposed to do they'll be fine but you just need Kenny Pickett to just not blow this game not commit those huge turnovers he has in the last two games that puts the other team back in the position and Pickett never did that that's the thing Pickett showed up. He balled out. He had his 411 yards most of his career. 22 of 39, 411 yards, one passing touchdown. Also led Pitt in rushing, which is another problem we're going to get into. Led Pitt in rushing with 40 total yards, two tu- and two touchdowns. Vincent Davis also had 40 yards, but on 15. But bo- and both had on 15 carries. But still, you you want your running back to be running more than your quarterback. But when you look at this loss, where does it come down to? You can point to several things, and that's the thing with Pitt. You can always point to several things when you see these types of losses. Whether it's the defense blowing a coverage in the middle of the field and late in the fourth quarter. Because the early scores, you know, they happen. You get cut off guard. But in the fourth quarter, giving up two touchdown passes... When the entire, when the, over the last three games, they had only given three points up in the entire in all of their second halves, only one field goal over three games where they in the second half was an astounding number, and NC State said we don't care. Like Mike Tomlin said this week, we don't care about what your pedigree is. They marched right down the field. It was, uh, I believe, it was Carrie Angeline, the tight end for NC State. He, just, he, he walked right up the middle of the field, and it looked like I believe it was Brandon George who was running with him for a sec, then stopped and looked behind him and saw that there was no safety there. Somebody was late. A breakdown in communication. The very things that Pitt said that they needed to clean up going into this game. Each game that they've given up, one of those really big type of plays. In Against Syracuse, it was... It was the touchdown to Taj Harris where Jason Pinnock looked back and saw no safety was behind him and that was the lone touchdown pass that they gave up in that game. If it was Louisville, it was the 75-yard Javion Hawkins run that put Louisville right back in it after Pitt went up multiple scores. But in this game, when it's coming down on the line, this is where Pitt's defense had to make a stand And and they didn't. Now, we're going to get into some of the preparation points and the talking points for the coaches in just a little bit here in the next segment. But the bottom line is that this was supposed to be a chance for Pitt to make a statement and just say, even if they won by just one point, even if they flipped this, you flip that score and someone wants to say, oh, well, they only won by one, who cares? that would have been a who cares moment. They're, they're 4-0. Those, these, this was supposed to be a statement like last week. The, the the way that Louie if Pitt had lost that game, everyone said everyone would have said same old Pitt in that last game. This was a this was a game to prove it once again, because that's that's the thing. They have to be consistent if they want respect. Pitt's team talks about hey, they wanted to be ranked higher. They didn't they didn't think they deserved to be moved down the rankings last week after beating a ranked team. But then when you lose these type of games as the program is known for losing, it's hard to sit on that foundation and make any argument in that fashion. And especially when your offense drives down the field, takes up over six minutes of, of, of time in the fourth quarter, leaves your opponent with a minute and 38 seconds to, to score against your defense that led the nation in sacks, that had the best rushing defense, that was creating turnovers at a good clip. They marched right down the field on Pitt's defense, hitting them up all over the place. Now, we'll get into some of the calls later. That's the second segment. But the fact of the matter is that when they needed someone to make a play, they were always a step behind, weren't able to deliver. And that's not to say that the Pitt Panthers, that the players, let you know they didn't go out and try to give their best effort. They did. They fought. They, put, they, they, they were fighting every play. But there were just those certain moments where you have to wonder, what was the deal here? And of course, end of the game, a perfect back shoulder throw to a Mezzi from Leary. Closes it out. Jason Pinnock, who had been, has been the best cornerback for this team through, through, four, or through four games. There was nothing that he could do. He was in an impossible position because of the things that, had up, that happened leading up to that. So what happened leading up to that? We'll get into it right after this. We're back here on the DKH2P podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter. Let's continue breaking down this unfortunate loss for Pitt. They dropped to three and one on the season, two and one in ACC play, to the now two and one NC State Wolfpack. Now, of course, a huge talking point of this game were the penalties pitt took 13 penalties for 125 yards that that off the top when you read that as a person just looking at a box score first thing that comes to your mind you know what the word you're going to say you don't have to even need me to say it but i'm going to say it anyways undisciplined you're going to say undisciplined now some of those i i completely agree with that sentiment in the first half they gave up or they they committed five offsides penalties NC State came in with a plan of using hard counts and claps by the, from the quarterback to try and fool Pitt's defensive front, which was featuring two very young defensive tackles. One was uh, shirt freshman Kalijah Kancy, who I believe committed three of the offsides penalties. Um, but they were using those hard counts to get Pitt to jump offsides and give NC State free yards. And it kept working. And yes, we could also say that part of that is doable now because these stadiums are empty and and there's, and there's no crowd. And I don't hear none from you guys in the back over there. They're saying, oh, yeah, pitch crowds are always empty. Get out of here. We're not talking to you. We're talking, we're talking about how this defensive front, they were neutralized by this plan of attack. Patrick Jones said it after the fact. Pat Narduzzi said it, said it after the fact. They were talking about it after the game. And again, you can read my article and my game story talking about it. But saying how they came in with a plan, they knew that NC State would try to slow down their pass rush somehow. And it started with Devin Leary, their quarterback, dinking and Duncan hitting hitting short passes here, short passes there, you know, trying to trying to try, trying to get the ball out quickly. But then as the game went on, It worked because then Leary was able to target down the field and the pass rush wasn't getting home. It became a problem. And Pitt couldn't get the jump start, the aggression that it normally shows in these moments. Normally, you see Pitt take over. Normally, you see the defense. Well, when I say normally, I'm saying the defense over the last three games. The defensive front, when they needed to rise up against Syracuse, Against Louisville, I'm not even bringing up Austin P, but against those two teams, in the second half when it was when push came to shove, they were rising up. And I'll say this: they did rise up in the second half. Louisville was, or not Louisville, NC State was six of nine on third downs in the first half. They only converted one third down in the second half. And I can tell you, they definitely Pitt definitely did some halftime adjustments to bring that back. Because I saw the first thing out, out of the locker room when they're coming onto the field and I'm sitting there, I'm eating my lunch and I'm watching from the press box. I see coach Charlie Parcher, the defensive line coach and an assistant head coach. He takes all the defensive linemen and he lines up each of them one button, you know, each of them, in, you know, two by two. And he puts the ball on the ground, and he's having them work on the classic fire-off drill. And the whole goal is that he's going he's gonna to give hard counts. He's going to give fake counts. He had other players clapping, just like NC State was clapping, to try and get them to jump. But they are not; those guys aren't supposed to move until the ball moves. That is the rule on all levels of football, from, from peewee to high school to college to pros. Now sometimes things like that get lost when the game gets gets bigger like like college football does but the point is is that has to be something that they're prepared for coming into the game now obviously they made the adjustment but in making the adjustment they lost that aggression Pitt only got two sacks on the game Pitt's pass rush is supposed to do better than that they have to do better than that this secondary though talented Paris Ford's a good safety Pinnock is a decent cornerback Marcus Williams shows some promise Damar Hamlin's a good captain and a guy that's going to help in the back end. But when you look at that group, they're not the they're not the haymakers of the of the defense. They're not the guys that are going to carry your team through the victory. They're going to come in and take advantage of the fact that the defensive line is creating so much pressure that they can be aggressive. But when they're being aggressive the entire game and the other team's quarterback can just sit and watch them be aggressive and say, "Okay, when they're aggressive, they're showing their cards. Now I know where I can beat them. That's what started to happen in this game. The the defensive front never getting home and Leary was able to sit back and say, hmm, that's where I'll take. I'll go this way. I'll go that way. I'll figure out which which weakness I want to exploit. And that's what happened. This isn't a this isn't a, a you know a pit defense with Darrell Revis in the secondary right now. Paris Ford's a good safety, a very good safety, and he should go high in this draft. And Jason Pinnick is a good corner. I, I think he's a he's a really good physical corner. I like a lot of things he does, and I like the attitude of Marquise Williams, even when he got pushed off on by mezzi for his touchdown. Because here's here we're we're, we're going to talk about those penalties in just a second. Don't worry, I know pit fans. You want to talk about him, but even with those penalties, you I saw him fighting every single play. He was, he was get, fighting to get position, still battling, even with some of the questionable calls. Now, some of those questionable calls, the offsides penalty, that's one thing. And there were a couple pass interference calls that were legitimate. There was one, I think, in the fourth quarter where there was a holding call. He did, he did, the guy did grab his jersey. The first pass interference to Hamlin, he didn't make contact, but he did reach up to the sky without looking for the ball. That's against the rules. But I felt the one that was called on Marquise Williams... On a deep ball, I felt that was whack because he did look back for the ball, and he did move, and he did he didn't make any any you know crazy contact with the team, and especially because NC State's wide receivers were pushing off the way that Emeka Ezezi, uh pushed off on Williams for the 35-yard touchdown bomb. That to me, that to me I, I was I did think that Pitt got an unfair stacking of the calls against them. And that deserves to be said. However, these are the games you're supposed to win when you're trying to turn the corner. When this is your year, when you finally got a lot of your seniors stacked up. When you got Patrick Jones, redshirt senior. Rashad Weaver, redshirt senior. Phil Campbell, redshirt senior. Jimmy Morrissey, redshirt senior. Kenny Pickett, redshirt senior. Paris Ford, redshirt junior, but a superstar. Even your, super, even, even your role players got experience on this team. This was the game that even with those penalties, you had to find a way to win. Now, my questions as far as coaching. You know, a lot of you that follow me in my, my Steelers coverage, I'm not a big go get the coaches guy. That's not who I am. Because I've, I've, I've listened to coaches talk. I, I like to study how they think and how they react to things. And how do you call a game? Because people don't understand how calling a game is so tough. And it's easy to sit back in your chair and say, oh, they should have run the ball when they got stuffed there. Or they should have thrown the ball You know, when, when something goes the wrong way. But I understand game plans. And the biggest game plan part for me here was Pitt had to find a different way to assert its pass rush. And it didn't. And this is part of what Narduzzi said going into this game earlier in the week. He said he does he, he tweaks his defense every week, but they don't change it because they want to make sure that his defense is playing fast because the, and so that they're not overthinking the game. That needed to happen in this game. They need to be able to tweak things but not change it too much. And if hard counts and claps... And things like that slow this defense down enough. That might have been good against Louisville and Syracuse. But a team like Notre Dame, a team like Miami, a team like Clemson, a team like North Carolina, all of whom are on their schedule finishing out this season. Those teams are going to capitalize on that. They're going to look at that and say, OK, we can neutralize that pass rush because that's the biggest weapon that Pitt has. If this is going to be the season where they turn the corner, where they say, hey, we're not the old Pitt Panthers. We're the new Pitt Panthers. If that's what they're going to say, they have to be able to neutralize those type of impacts on their game. They have to still be able to assert their strengths in the right moments. And in this game, when they needed that strength asserted, it was nowhere to be found. Now, granted, Keyshawn Camp was out. And granted, their best receiver in Jordan Addison went out in the middle of the game. But these are, these are the points where you're supposed to come up big. And Kenny Pickett deserves all the credit. He came up big. That 50-yard bomb he threw to DJ Turner while on the run and taking a hit, great throw, great catch. DJ Turner also a heck of a fine for this team. But I still look at this and I think, man, what happened on defense? How could they not get home? How could they, they stuffed the run. It wasn't the run. The, I, I thought the biggest concern was NC State's ground game. They averaged over 200 yards on the ground over the first two games. I was like, that's where they're going to b- get their bread and butter. But no, they aired it out on Pitt. And that's disappointing. That'll hit you right in the gut. And now it's going to hit everyone right in the gut when these AP polls released on Sunday and Pitt's not going to be on it. And let's be honest, y'all. We know that's what's going to happen yes it's unfair that in the last game that they played they beat a ranked opponent they were ranked Pitt was ranked number 21 their opponent was ranked 24 and somehow Pitt fell to 24 because the AP poll felt it necessary to bring back in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 teams that they thought should be ranked even though they haven't played a game because if Pitt if all was what it what it would have been what we thought the world would be you know after after last week not that, you know, because, you know, of course, you know, bringing in Big Ten teams and Pac-12 teams in the first place would have changed this altogether. But if if, the, if this poll only included teams that had been playing, Pitt would have risen from being 21, maybe to, to well, they definitely go somewhere in the teens, and maybe this loss only pushes them down back into the mid-20s. But now with Big Ten teams and Pac-12 teams and the other teams that are going to be winning throughout this weekend... Pitt's jumping off the list. Now, they can assert themselves again, but it starts with beating Boston College next Saturday at Alumni Stadium in Boston for their first road game. This is going to be a huge test of their character. The seniors have been saying the right things and doing the right things, you know, by keeping the team clean from COVID-19. This team sounds like they know how to respond from these situations. Now we'll get to see if it's real. So Pitt fans, hang on to that. It's a tough loss. You gotta swallow your pride again. Cause as Pit fans, it seems like you always gotta swallow your pride. But this is where you get to see the resilience of this team if what Jimmy Morrissey and Patrick Jones and DeMar Hamlin and Rashad Weaver and Phil Campbell and all these players have been saying the same exact messages that we've heard from Narduzzi, that we've heard from Randy Bates, that we've heard from Mark Whipple, that we've heard from Andre Powell and Charlie Partridge and this entire coaching staff. If those things are accurate, if they really believe those things that they're, that they're ba- being able to parrot and say, because they're and showing that, that, you know, this is the messages are getting through the program. If they really believe in those messages, they will bounce back and play much better and win against Boston College and then they can start looking at the big opponents because they'll have Miami on their schedule in Miami the very next week but it all starts with bouncing back against Boston College check out my article on Sunday I will be posting about you know this the, the new AP poll 25's top 25 standings um as they come out noon sunday and then i'm and then of course narduzzi will be speaking on monday which i'll have a full article about then on dkpittsburghsports.com. but thank you for listening to the first edition of the dkh 2 p podcast five numerals all important to us because we love dkpittsburghsports.com and we love h2p hail to pit panthers if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to our podcast platform on DK on the DK uh, uh, Podcast Network. We have DK Steelers podcast, DK Pirates podcast, DK's Daily Shot, where he covers everything. We've got Noah's No Doubters, if you want Noah's, Noah Hiles' gambling expertise. We have his Down Memory Lane, which has a full interview with LaVon Kirkland, the former Steelers linebacker, the big nine-to-nine. That's on the the network. You can subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. And please leave us a five-star review with a positive comment. Doing so really helps out the platform. Again, I'm Chris Carter. You've listened to the first edition of the DKH2P podcast. I'll be back in your ears next week talking more and recapping how they perform after Boston College. See you then.